from Los Angeles, California. This is the Rider Strike Chronicles podcast, and I'm Tanya Barnes. Hello, everybody. It's Tuesday, November 20th, day 16 of the Rider Strike. In today's episode, I speak to Diane Salzberg and David Titcher on the picket lines at the rally in front of NBC Studios last Friday. Let's roll sound. In a way, I, I really respect Jay Leno and, and David Letterman for not going on the air. They say we, we, we support our writers, which is great. But part of me really wanted them to go on and say, okay, we're just going to have interviews and there's no monologue. And Middle America will be going, well, where's the monologue? And it's like, what do you mean writers write it? They, they just think that Jay spontaneously extemporizes, you know, and it's funny. And then also, I'm sure a lot of the questions that they ask guests are provided by writers and some of the backstories and some of the quote-unquote, you know, off-the-cuff remarks. So you will see them not being funny. These are funny guys. I'm not taking away from them. I think, you know, a lot of their act is them. But I also know that writers write and provide. And people are now talking about, like, when the Academy Awards come up. It's going to be really interesting if the writers are on strike because all of that repartee, as lame as you think it is, it's still going to be so much better than a bunch of actors going, uh, uh, yeah, best costume because that's like clothes isn't it (laughs) you know the the people that are nominated that's it you won't see anything but you're right who will the even the uh the hosts of the show won't do a monologue won't do a monologue himself but i mean but they're all members of the guild bruce valanche every year is is the punch-up guy the jokes and you're not going to have the jokes and they're back there when remember in which oscars was it but jack palance went down and did well billy crystal through the evening kept making jokes about that that's because he had a, a cadre that's what i mean it wasn't billy crystal off the cuff he went back at intermission and said okay guys let's run with this and they type up 20 and he looks and takes three of them so you're not going to have that. So Billy Crystal isn't going to be as funny. He's still going to be a funny guy. Robin Williams, you know, Steve Martin, they're still going to be funny, but it's the writers who keep giving them. You know how always in an Oscar there's one or two jokes that become runners. You know, oh boy, her boobs are so funny, that blah, blah, blah. Or remember how, you know, and there's a whole... Her boobs are so funny lines of the Academy Awards. You know, quick, say something. The streaker, even that, you know, whatever. That was a while ago. That was written. That that line. If you think that David Ninvin came up with that line off the cuff, I do. Maybe yeah, he, he did. It was written in the back. Do you know who wrote that by any chance? I don't know. That was before my time. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's what I mean. People do not realize that writers. But it's not know. even just. I mean, it's not even just the talk shows. It's they think that people make up sitcoms. The actors make up sitcoms and movies, and now they'll realize when their movies aren't there and their sitcoms are all reruns that those are actually the products of a writer's imagination it's it's difficult because sometimes the movies get generic and they say well i could write that you know one of the hardest things i've ever written the most difficult was a divorce court number one most people go divorce court is written divorce court is written it's from the files and they find out you know they were both real estate agents and and you know they had a divorce but then i go home and think of how many euphemisms for sex there are he was planting his for sale sign in somebody else's yard you know but also you wrote that line (laughs) that lame lame line i wrote that line but some of the funniest the most difficult thing was it's a puzzle piece because for the first 15 minutes you have to side with her right 
she's on the witness stand. <gasps> okay. Oh my God. He's a he's a bastard. Whatever. Sorry. You know. I mean. You know. And then the second 15 minutes, all of a sudden, twist. Oh my God. She was lying. He has a point. Oh my goodness. You know. You have to. It was a puzzle piece, and it's really hard to write because it's 23 minutes, and it's twist, 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 and then judge saying something wise. You know. I mean, it was very difficult. You can't just go ah, blurp. You know, blob it out. You know, you have to write it. You know what your what your take is on how media is covering the strike. I, I think that at the beginning, the media seemed to be kind of in the middle or more on the producers or the studio side. But there was this survey that came out a couple of days ago that said like sixty cent of sixty seven percent of Americans were in favor of the writers and 4% were in favor of the studios. So I think since then maybe you'll see a turn towards our side because they see that America is so predominantly on our side. Do you think the media, which is owned by the conglomerates that you're fighting for your four cents, will actually control that information and give that out to the people? I think that at the top they won't want it to come out, but hopefully the people that are doing the shows will you know, give our side of the story. But there's also the internet. A lot of what we're doing is on the internet, all the blogs and everything. And there's been, every day I go to the different websites and I look for pictures of myself and I haven't <laughs> seen any, but maybe this I'll see. And I see what's happened at the other sites and it's being really well covered on the internet, which is what we're fighting for in the first place. So you're seeing, you know. But I agree with you though. It's scary because why is Time Warner going to cover the writers fairly. Well, I, they'll, they'll cover it, but they're going to push, it's going to be Time and Warner and Warner Brothers in the studio and, as you say, the conglomerates. And But, but when you just have facts, because they, they came out and said, what, you you writers had 260, $250 million in residuals. 250 They made $20 billion. It's like, okay, you're right, $250 million compared to Basically, $20 billion. Our entire strike all the money the 12,000 members of the Writers Guild will get is about the equivalent of one of the head of the studio's sal yearly salary. That's what we're fighting for. I mean, we get four cents, we're fighting for eight cents. It's ridiculous. And we'll meet probably at four and point one cents. Yeah, and a nickel. Yeah. And a, yeah, a nickel. No, we're fighting for the internet because that's well, the where the, the whole business is going to be the internet. I mean, you're starting to see it now. My son is on the Internet all the time. He watches The Office on the Internet. He doesn't watch it on television. And I got, all, I got some significant residual money in the last few years that's helped me, go, helped me keep going. And if it's all on the Internet, that's all money I won't get. I had a movie come out, and I got DVD residuals and all that, but it also did very well on the Internet, and I didn't see any of that. What, what one-third of one cent isn't doing it for you? I don't even think I got that. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I got anything from the Internet. Can you tell us what the movie was? It was Around the World in 80 Days. And which was at one point it was very high in terms of like iTunes or whatever. It was like number one. So it was, you know, and, and it was it's did did well. And you know, I mean, I got some good DVD money, but not the internet money. But so it was high in iTunes. Do you get a cut from iTunes? I don't think so. I don't. I, I don't know if it was iTunes. It was it was sold somehow. And my son bought it on the internet. And actually looked pretty good on the internet. It wasn't like that streaming video thing. Because once the quality once the quality goes up, because even right now it takes so long to download a movie. 
you know, but in, a, in five years, it's going to take as long to download a movie as it takes to download a song. And you saw what happened with the music industry, which was destroyed by, you know, the Internet. And, you know, the same thing could happen to us. But the studios are really upset about that because if they don't get paid, it's called piracy. If we don't get paid, it's called promotion. promotion. Yeah. That's what they were saying is that, well, we're not really showing our, our shows on on our internet website uh, to show them. It's really promotional. And we're going, but you're selling ads and you're making money. And if you're making money, we should get a point, a percentage. And they're going, well, we're not making money. And they go, we go, fine, then give us 10%. 10% of zero is zero. 2% of zero is zero. 50%, you know, I mean, hello, math, you know. But yeah, it, it, for us, it's promotional. But for them, it's piracy. It's the music industry. Somebody in Tallahassee, no, or got five years for downloading. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a really heavy sentence. But in five years, when that person gets out of prison, yeah. you'll be able to download a movie in a second. Mm -hmm. And then you won't have Blockbuster, and you won't have all the places, you won't have DVDs, it'll all be through the internet. So this is the time, this is like the strike of our generation. And it's going to determine the future, it's going to determine what the actors get and, and what everybody else gets. Well, that's why so many actors are here supporting us, because they know, A, what we get, they get, and B, I think they want us in June, you know, so that we'll help them. But as you say, it's a strike of the future. It's about the internet rights. If this strike is not successful for the writers or for the creators or for creativity, I think that they will break the creative spirit. I mean, people will still write, but what? We'll all go into books and theater. I don't, I don't know. It'll break the paradigm for sure. Yeah, agree. Do you have anything to say before we wrap this up? I saw last night on the internet fan sites saying how to support, and I just want to say to everybody that's really warm, supportive, fabulous, made us feel good, and do it. Yeah, you know, the more people who are out here, I hope that the mo b bigger signal was showing, we're sending. Those are all people supporting us. So supporting us. And I hear, I was at Universal last week, striking, and it's off of Lancashire, it's just truckers getting off the freeway and honking their horn for half a mile, but the, the people in the Black Tower, they call it at Universal, were really upset, and it's really affecting them. Up to the 24th floor, so... so our idea is that if you want the honking to stop, then yeah. give us our four cents or eight, eight cents. Eight, eight cents. One eight. Yeah. We're Greek now. We're not. Uh, oh, that'll be the one quote. We're Greek. That was Diane Salzberg and David Titcher on the picket lines in front of NBC Studios. We'll wrap up today's episode that today, November 20th, Tuesday at 1.30, striking members of the Writers Guild of America West will be joined by members of the Service Employees International Union, California Nurses Association, Teamsters, actors, musicians, elected officials, and union supporters in a solidarity with Writers March and Rally on Hollywood Boulevard. Assembling begins at 1 p.m. at Hollywood Boulevard and Ivar, and the march begins at 1.30. For more information, contact the Writers Guild of America at 323-782-4574 or visit their website, wga.org. You have
have been listening to the Writer's Strike Chronicles podcast. For more information, visit our blog at wgastrike2007.blogspot.com.